Welcome back to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell with XGrowth, your co-host for this podcast, where you'll hear from B2B executives and sales and marketing roles on the newest and most effective strategies and tactics in the B2B space. Now, let's dive right into this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Growth Colony episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with XGrowth, and today I'm talking to Mitchell Mackey, Global Digital Marketing Director at Ansel, about why it's important to have marketing in the boardroom and how marketers should think about interacting with the C-level and the B-level being the board of directors. Now, on that note, let's dive in. Mitchell, thanks for joining us. Shaheen, I'm really pumped to be here. It's, it's, uh, I really want to thank you for the opportunity to share, to collaborate, to exchange on this critical topic of marketing, getting its voice heard with the C-level colleagues, with the board members, fundamentally earning uh, their, their place at the top tables. Well, Mitchell, I always get so pumped up talking to you. There's always so much energy um, in the in the room and i'm saying that with all honesty so uh there's, thank there's you. no compliments there so I'm, I'm looking forward to our chat indeed and you're, you're playing such a great role shaheen i've got to compliment you uh with the growth colony with what you're doing creating a platform uh where marketers can engage share exchange learn it's just incredible fantastic thank you that's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you for contributing, really. I mean, it's it's the contribution of, of leaders like yourself that, you know, gives it legs. So thanks a lot for that as well. Indeed. So on that note, Mitchell, I, I know a lot of people are familiar with yourself, but for yes. those who might not be, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself at the beginning? Sure. I originally trained as a journalist, made the migration to public relations, and then found myself in marketing. I wouldn't say I had a master plan, but so far it's more or less worked out. Prior to Ansel, where I am now, a B2B safety company with a big healthcare and industrial safety focus, I had nine years uh, in the automotive industry with Mercedes-Benz, including four years at their corporate headquarters in Stuttgart in southern Germany, and then uh, various regional Asia-Pacific marketing roles. And, and I've been at Ansel now for more than 10 years in regional and now global marketing uh, transformation uh, missions. And uh, throughout my experience, it's been incredibly obvious that marketing has become more and more and more important to business today. Uh, it, it is the decisive function. However, in so many boardrooms, in, in so many executive leadership teams, marketing unfortunately doesn't get the respect that it deserves. And part of that's marketing's fault. And the other uh, component of that is that we have far too many finance people, legal people occupying the senior roles who just don't have the appreciation for what marketing can do and how marketing can own and differentiate the end-to-end customer experience in a way that directly drives revenue. And that needs to be appreciated today if we're really going to speed up and create the agile, dynamic, customer-centric organizations that we know we must have to thrive and survive in today's very challenging economic climate. Right. And well, I mean, there's a lot there to unpack. And I want to maybe line by line, sentence by sentence, let's do that. So, I mean, it's very important. As you said, it's, it's very crucial to, to give marketing a little bit more attention than it is getting right now. But first of all, why do you think, you know, the boardroom is occupied by a lot of lawyers lawyers and and financiers. Um, What has that transition been that has got us to this point? It's obviously, that's the way it's 
uh, it's part of its legacy. That's the way it's always been. So that's a pattern. That's a habit the corporate world has fallen into. And, and certainly you do need to have people with legal skills, with a fundamental understanding of financial management. They need to be financially literate. That's always been the case. And in the old days when we were in an old school product focused world, where it was simply a matter of producing of widgets and to a degree some services around those widgets as efficiently as possible, well then having financial gurus running the show to a degree mostly made sense. But today where simply having a competitive product or service is no longer enough to be truly competitive, that you really must differentiate in a positively contrasted way. In other words, have your customers, your stakeholders be willing to say, Dealing with this brand, dealing with this product, dealing with this service is better than the alternatives, is superior to the competition. They're consistent. They're, there's a high trust dynamic happening here. I can, I can invest my time, my money in buying these products and services, subscribing to them in many ways today. That requires a, a command of the customer. And as we make uh, this transformation now that's been ongoing for, I would say, two decades, People have been talking about the primacy of the customer and that's sunk in in finally with most senior people, board people, C-level people. But the challenge for these finance people and these legal people and these, say, operations people who occupy these top-level roles is that they don't have the empathy with the customer. They struggle to translate the rhetoric of customer first into a genuine organisational synergy, genuine change to get an organisation pivoting around the customer and differentiating successfully and generating the revenue and the EBITDA growth that, that you get when you do that effectively, as so many innovators today amply illustrate. Both old school companies and new school companies are doing it well, but most of us are struggling. And uh, it's the absence of marketing's voice with the respect, with the command of the numbers that's fundamental. If you want to get attention of C-level and B-level people, you must have your, uh, an understanding of your metrics and your numbers. The failure to connect there does result in marketing being undervalued, marketing not being respected. Therefore, marketing doesn't have a seat at the table. It's not claimed a seat. It's not fought for a seat successfully. It's maybe jumped up and down and waved its flag uh, every budget cycle, etc. But then, unfortunately, whenever we have to cut our numbers, the operational expense line for marketing, the OPEX line, is often the first number to get a haircut and often quite a savage, savage cut. And that obviously tells you, hey, you're nice to have. You're not must have. And that's a problem, a fundamental problem. You're not seen as a, a driver for growth, a, uh, an essential component of the business's battle plan. Yeah, no, I, I I absolutely see what you're saying. I remember when I was in in university, I had a um, I had a professor. He was a finance professor, but uh, but no, no, no. This is this this story has a happy ending. <laughs> he had uh, we we were talking about it, and he said, "Look at GE at the at the moment." And General Electric, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as as the situation wasn't as dire as it is now. And uh, and he, but the the point that he made was why is why are all these accountants in there? right? Why is everybody an accountant in that organization? And the, the GE had, had kind of lost its, its meaning in many ways. And it was, there, was a, there was a really big hole. And on that note, wh- why do you think 
this has become the case. Why do you think that marketing is being looked at as in, in some organization, not all organization, but in some organization is being looked at as a nice to have or as a cost center rather than mm. an investment center? Or worse, the pretty pictures department, the sales collab. The events, yeah, events department, the parties department, right? Yes, yes, yes. You guys are off there in the corner playing with your crayons uh, uh, while the sales guys and, 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 the, uh, and the serious people are making the money, yes. Yeah, why, why do you think that has happened? In, in part, I, I think it's a challenge for marketers that they're typically blue sky, big picture people. They're, uh, they're not predisposed to work with spreadsheets, to be analytical, to, to dive into the numbers. They're out there. Think of the business as a submarine. Marketing's a periscope, looking ahead, anticipating shifts in consumer demand, in, in, in innovation, and and too often they've been too far out in front or too blue sky and, and, and engineering brand promises that have no connection with reality, that they're too often claiming, hey, come buy our product or service and it's, and it's a blue sky promise. But everyone in the organization knows because of the disconnects, the legacy systems, critically the legacy attitudes, what we actually deliver as a business is thunder and lightning, a long way short of blue sky, which is what marketing has been promising. There's inconsistencies left, right and center. You go to the website and uh, there's inconsistent uh, data and specification information that's different from what the sales team is sharing directly with customers, from what customer service is telling customers. And uh, those disconnects just break down uh, in trust and the organization just says, well, those marketing guys, they're out there with the fairies and they're not connected with revenue. And their campaigns, yeah, they're interesting, but they're not directly driving revenue. They're not, my customers aren't, a uh, uh, sales leader will typically say, my customers aren't coming to me and saying, hey, that XYZ brand promise, that ABC campaign that you're running currently online, offline, wherever, that event, uh, trade show that you organize, whatever it might be, that's not connecting uh, with my pe- my customers. They're not, they're not talking about it. They're not... Uh, they're not relating to it. It's not being picked up in CRM. It's not being documented. That often is the case. And therefore, marketing, when the senior CFO typically turns around and says, well, you're asking for XX dollars this next financial year or this next quarter, and uh, I want to see the return. Where's the return? And then marketing falls back on pseudoscience, on vanity metrics, and they're not aligned with the organization. Everyone's working in silos. And in that environment, marketing typically is the victim, is, is very much vulnerable to these OPEX budget cuts that uh, leave marketing then struggling for oxygen on life support, as I call it. And then, then the organization says, well, marketing's not delivering. Well, hell, man, you, you cut the budget down to life support levels. The marketing team's in intense, the intensive care unit just ticking over, going through the motions, and uh, then you're complaining, why isn't marketing out on the field kicking goals? You, very sure. Very true. To articulate, and that's marketing's challenge, its value to correctly and accurately differentiate itself from being seen, yeah, as the pretty pitchers uh, team playing with the crayons in the corner. Right, right. Now, okay, let's let's assume that I'm a marketer in a in a you know decent sized organization. And what do you think marketers need to do or I need to do internally first? What do I need to build? Maybe it's, it's in terms of the skills that I need to build or team members that I need to add to my team to first build that capability internally. So then I can later on, we'll, we'll talk about later, what kind of message do I want to give to the C-level and the board? But what do I need to do internally first 
in order to become a lot more robust and in order to become a lot more revenue focused? Great question. You need to firstly recognize that in many ways, your internal marketing challenge is the big challenge. You've got to convince, you've got to build a coalition of the willing around you, of people who don't report to you in other functions, who can get on board with what marketing can do for the business and accept that marketing has an, must have an influence, if not an ownership, over the end-to-end customer experience. And you've got to start small and build credibility. So you've got to look for high-impact, low, relatively low-risk, low-cost initiatives that are going to generate connectivity with your internal audience of, of, of colleagues and stakeholders so they can see, yes, marketing can indeed make a difference. We give them more support. We rally around what the marketing team can do. Uh, it's essential. So you've got to have good internal communicators. You've got to have people who are comfortable stepping outside their marketing field of vision, their marketing environment, and engaging not just with sales, because we always talk about the disconnect between marketing and sales, and that's there, unfortunately, in too many companies. So obviously, you've got to connect with sales, but you've got to connect with the IT organization today, because everything's digital today. And if you don't have the IT organization on board with what you want to do, with an integrated sales, marketing, and service front end for the business to enable the delivery of a smooth, differentiated flow of value to your customer. If you don't have IT on board, you're screwed. You can go off with your shadow IT projects with you spend a bit of your own OPEX money on, on buying a marketing automation solution, for example. But that only gets you so far. You've got to have an integrated uh, approach and you've got to have IT on board. You've got to have the CFO, the finance team understanding what you're doing. Uh, buying into the value. You've got to have this roadmap. It's got to be aligned with where the business needs to go and wants to go. Fundamentally, you've got to turn, talk that language. If you're not on board and don't understand the big picture corporate goals and strategy of what the business is trying to achieve, and if you're not having an input into that, it's, it's, it's obviously all too frequently you'll be an outlier. You'll be, you'll be a function that's not part of the main game. You're a, you're a necessary evil, somewhat disposable, often as I've said earlier, cuttable, re- reducible. So you need to work on that internal communication. You need to communicate, talk formally, informally. If people don't understand what marketing does, you need to have the lunch and learns, the informal conversations. You need to broadcast without exaggerating, without over-promising what marketing can do and credibly get allies. You know, if customer services having a hard time with disconnects in the business and, and the absence of consistent information, well, how can you help with customer service? Can they be an ally? You know, this is quite a good case today to say service is a new marketing. And if you're not differentiating around your service capabilities, again, you've got a problem. So can you get those allies who say, hey, what's in it for me to collaborate with marketing if they understand that? Hey, it's in my interest to collaborate, to share, to talk, to give up resources if necessary so that marketing can help me look good with my boss because often in the corporate world, that's what it's all about. So you've got to understand those motivations and align the big picture strategy, what the business is all about, talk that language, play it back to the senior level colleagues, use the language that they use, understand what the EBITDA target is, for example, align around that, understand the verticals that we're focused on, of course, and work very hard on that internal communication. I don't believe you can over-communicate within, a, within any kind of reasonable size, and even small size, uh, matrix structure, geographically distributed organization. And use the collaboration tools if you use something like Slack or Microsoft Teams 
uh, commit to using those platforms, share, get common environments uh, where you can effectively collaborate with digital tools and be seen as the evangelist, but the practical, step-by-step, logical evangelist that's around driving revenue, driving income for the business in a meaningful way and, and can be putting up a credible marketing, return on marketing investment dashboard in meetings that everyone buys into. Even if the numbers for your campaigns are showing, hey, we're not moving the needle, but at least you've got the numbers and they're credible, disputes them. And then everyone can galvanise around, well, how do we get these numbers heading north? How do we get the trend heading in the right direction? If you're open and transparent, rather than saying, hey, we did a great brand campaign, we generated XYZ number of leads, but sales dropped the ball, inside sales fell over, customer service screwed up. I mean, (laughs) that's going to hit you nowhere. You've got acknowledging, hey, okay, we may have generated XX number of leads, but 99.9% of them failed to become anywhere close to marketing qualified according to the agreed criteria that we have with the sales organization. Clearly, marketing needs to do better. And so you start admitting that and acknowledging that rather than saying, hey, we've run all these great campaigns and got account-based marketing happening, for example, but if it's not practically delivering, then you've got a problem. And you've just got to start small and realistically move the game down the field in the right direction, step by step. And then sometimes or often, you need to go slow initially, build that coalition. Don't get too far out in front. Get enough people behind you so you can then start to pick up speed and build momentum. And then you do move fast. Hey, it's Alex from X-Growth. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Growth Colony Slack channel. Do you ever find yourself stuck with a B2B problem? Need a second opinion on your next campaign? Or looking for some feedback on that piece of MarTech you're thinking to purchase? Well, that's why we created the Growth Colony Slack channel. This Slack channel is like a small dinner party where you get to meet and mingle with B2B professionals, hear what others are doing and keep up to date with the latest B2B trends and news. You'll also get access to a range of exclusive content from our podcasts, webinars and events. The best thing about it, it's all free. If this sounds interesting, head over to growthcolony.org forward slash Slack and sign up. That's growthconny.org forward slash slack. Yeah. And on that note, I think one, there was one person that once told me who was talking about marketers and what, what, what helped him. And he was like, do an MBA, go and do an MBA. Mm, and I yes. think what, what he was really trying to say was simplified by saying doing an MBA. But what he was really trying to say was, was understand accounting understand yes. operation, understand yes. all these nuances in, in business, because in that situation, you can become a lot more, just like you said, practical. Like I think yes. we we are in a lot of situations, not practical. And, and yes. organization organizational leaders, uh, CEOs have seen it quite a lot in different organizations and in past experiences where, you know, marketing says something. And he's like, that's, or she's like, that's fluffy. That's, you know, that's, that. Yes. I, I've seen, I've heard that before. I don't think that's going to work. And therefore yes. they, sh- they shoot it down. So I think, mm, I indeed. think that practicality and, and then, and then second, getting an understanding of all these different departments, again, finance, operations, even sales. I mean, you know, it's fascinating. Absolutely. How many times marketing people don't really talk to customer. You know, they don't talk. Yes. They, 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 they're trying to acquire them, but they don't talk to them. And 
I've seen some of the best marketers are those who've maybe sat in client calls or cut sorry customer calls or yes. prospect calls, and and they come with so come back with so much insight from those uh, those conversations. Absolutely, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. Go for ride-alongs with the sales team if you've got a field sales force. Spend time on the phones if you've got a customer service center of some description. Do whatever you can to broaden your understanding of the business, of the core functions, if you, especially in the early days of your career, you know, get out into a sales role, get out into an operations role. You know, the best global multinationals, of course, make a serious commitment to rotate their good people through the functions. And, and that's invaluable, of course, and then come back to marketing and then stake uh, uh, your, your claim uh, to make a difference. Yes, Get educated in the financial basics, the financial fundamentals. If if you've got the time and, and of course, uh, the, the the financial wherewithal to do a, a quality MBA, by all means, that's a serious commitment. But yes, but I don't think you need to do that. I mean, you know, there's just so many options out there right now. But yes, low cost that, on a on high a low, impact yeah. options. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, okay. Do a mini MBA. Do a, do do executive education in financial literacy that runs for you know. Melbourne University uh, Business School has a five-day financial literacy program for for senior executives who are not financial exec uh, people. But simple things like that don't require a huge commitment in terms of time and or money, but can make a fundamental difference to how you engage and get respect with uh, your senior colleagues. Absolutely. Or do a $50 course on Udemy, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Udemy, great. There's so much great content out there. Absolutely. Likewise, encourage your counterparts to do something similar. Do identify a great simple online training program, a self-directed that you could encourage your senior colleagues. Hey, you're always complaining about you know, you, what marketing's doing and spending, et cetera, et cetera. Well, hey, don't just don't take it from me. Here's this little 10-hour course that's uh, uh, very visual and animated and, and simple. That, that'll help. And I'm doing this on your side. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, we talked about internally, right? Yes. What marketers need to really develop and, and build. What about talking externally? We've clearly talked about that to, to some degree where, you know, there's there needs to be a communication between the different departments. Yes. But as a marketer, as a marketing leader, how do I need to communicate to the C-level? And how do I need to, what does speaking their language mean? It means, as I said earlier, understanding their objectives, their KPIs. And if it's a chief executive, for example, if it's the board, it's fundamentally the share price. What's going to drive that number north? So, and they've got, they might be in a quarterly uh, cycle at a minimum here in Australia. It's a half yearly reporting cycle. Then you've got your annual results. So, okay, how can you be seen as a contributor to directly enhancing those numbers that they have to report quarterly, half yearly? annually to their shareholders, to the investment community. How can, how, can that, how can you ensure that you're aligned with the strategy that's designed to drive those numbers in the right direction? So playing back to the senior uh, C-level guys, your understanding of the revenue target, the, the EBITDA target, these, these two fundamental numbers in most companies that at the top level, they're all striving to improve. And what are the actions what are, the, what are the tactics and strategies that, that have been agreed by the C-level, by the board to, to get the company uh, trending in the right direction? So 
understanding that corporate speak, un- talking to uh, the board members, asking for time, asking for advice, getting insight, being seen as a trusted advisor, someone who's got something to contribute. So it's worth them giving a little of their time to you to help you better understand the dynamics, putting your hand up for the game-changing strategic initiatives that might be outside your immediate marketing portfolio, but being seen to contribute beyond marketing is is often uh, very welcome and essential. That's fundamentally what you have to do and not not be afraid to ask for time uh, to say, hey, I need 30 minutes with you, Mr. Board Member or Chairman or or, um, C-level colleague, or if you're a couple of levels below, Respect the hierarchy, but reach up and ask for time and say, I want to understand how best I can help and contribute. I believe marketing should be doing X, Y, and Z. We need to be investing here and here. And here's my case for it. Does this work for you? And then you'll get the feedback. No, that's that's not sound. You uh, Go talk to the, the senior controller in finance and get his advice on how best to reshape your argument. This is about building that coalition, being seen not as some lone wolf or a person who's uh, agitating out there on the sidelines, but part of the main game and you're building a coalition, you're building support, you're getting feedback and and then your campaign proposals, your your marketing program, your marketing plan for your rolling plan for the next 12, 18, 24 months is understood and is bought into and is supported. That's essential. So then when they do have to think about, hey, COVID's hit, we have to cut back. Okay, does marketing take a 5% haircut, a 20% haircut, a 50% haircut? And if you've got that support, if you've got that understanding that marketing can make a fundamental difference, then you're far more likely to get a smaller cut than the bigger cut. And that that makes all the difference uh, in your ability then to deliver. Because as I said, if you're on life support in ICU, in the corporate sense, it's it's a negative cycle. You're not going to deliver and it's just going to reinforce to the senior colleagues, well, marketing's marginal. Unfortunately. Yep. And it's going to spiral out of control for sure. It's a great advice when you say, just go and talk to people. And a lot of these people are going to be open to talking to you because at the end of the day, everybody wants to move this organization forward. Yeah, sure. There is, there's politics in there and there, there are political elements that one needs to take into consideration. But at the end of the day, having those conversations not only builds, as you said, coalition, but also just informs you humongously, right? You, uh, you, you, You get a picture into what these people are thinking and how to go about it. And you get to read their body language, you get to see if they're leaning forward, are they engaged, are they distracted, are they multitasking, is what you're saying compelling? If it's not, then transparently ask for that advice and guidance. I think another key point to make is, uh, especially with some of the younger marketers I've come across, some of them, one in particular in my team right now, uh, she says to me, Mitchell, I don't like the politics. I just want to get the job done. I just want to do good. Uh, and, and I said, look, sorry, you've got to realise politics are everywhere. It's, it's part of the human condition. Big organisations, small organisations, the only difference is scale, but politics are everywhere to a degree. And maintaining positive, constructive chemistry uh, between teams and, and inside teams is, is difficult and you have to always work at it. And politics is the art of the possible. You're not going to get stuff done if you don't have some awareness of the politics, of, of the motivational factors that people have, good and bad, and uh, you need to navigate your way uh, through that. 
And it means mostly you're not going to go in a straight line. You're going to have to go around in a few circles. You're going to have to build a foundation. You're going to have to sometimes go sideways or even backwards to go forward. And you just need to accept that if, and get good at it. And if you don't like that, if, you truly, if that truly gets you thinking negatively, well, then go work for yourself. Go, go, <laughs> go start a company and, yes. uh, and then regret <laughs> that sometimes. <laughs> yes, of course. And that's a valid course for a lot of people. Mm. You know, I'm on it. Some people, you know, I know some quite amazing consultants who say essentially in a corporate context, I'm unemployable. I can't play the game. I don't want to play the game. It doesn't mean you're deceitful if you're playing the game, if you're Machiavellian, uh, although you'll always will find those characters, of course. But it means you're just aware, you're answering or, or, or aware that what's in it for me uh, factor. Why should someone engage? And, and yes, in an ideal culture or close to ideal, everyone's aligned around a common North Star and moving forward with a degree of cohesion. But often that's not the case. We get fragile, we get confused, uh, uh, we get selfish. But uh, you getting a focus, building your own network and leveraging that effectively does then get you the respect, get you the seat at the table, get you invited, get you promoted, enables you to make a difference, a fundamental difference. That makes the organization better, for sure. Now, yes. th- this, is, this has been an amazing conversation and I, I really enjoy it. There's been, there's been a lot of great points that you've raised here. Do you think, is there, is there any question or any point that you think I haven't brought up or you think it's, it's valuable for us to talk about before, before we wrap this up? Sure. I, I talked about those numbers, those results uh, that in, in particular publicly listed businesses, really any businesses need to be focused on the numbers. But I really want to see the day where a board, a chief executive, a chairman is standing up and sharing the fact that marketing has made a difference. And I, I tell you one simple indicator of that, they're saying, we know that our addressable market for our product and or service is, let's say, 500,000 accounts or 2 million customers in Australia, in whatever market or region we compete in. We understand that. This is the addressable market. And that means, and out of, let's say, 500,000 accounts that we play in our game, in our industry that were addressable to us, we have 125,000 unique account records in our platform. And we are fundamentally a platform business. And those 125,000 unique accounts, and I use the word unique deliberately, they are unique. They're not triplicates, not triplicates. And that is a core resource for us that we are leveraging. We know the profitability of each of those accounts, of those those segments, of of the verticals in in that uh, pool of account customers in our database. And that's a huge asset. And the investment community asks about quality and substance of that account or customer database. And, and it's credible. And it's seen, and marketing seen as a huge driver and owner of that customer database. It's a fundamental asset. So while they're also talking about CapEx investments in factories and, and expansion plans that they may have uh, in, into, into new products, they're also saying, hey, we are focused on the customer. We know how many unique customers we should be targeting. We know we lost X number of them in the past 12 months and that we gained Y number of them. And we understand to a far greater degree than we ever have before why those two things happened. We're driving retention, we're cutting back on churn and marketing is fundamental to that mission. We are truly pivoting around the customer. We're delivering 
a smooth flow of value. We understand the friction points. We're minimizing that. Marketing, again, is helping with that. Marketing is the chief accountable customer organization in our business, reaching out across end-to-end and making a fundamental difference. And, And I'm handing over now to our chief customer marketing growth officer, and he, she is elaborating further on the success we're achieving here. I love that. That is, uh, we are going to end on a high note. Sure. Um, <laughs> that was great. No, I, I, I think that was very valuable, uh, what you just mentioned there and, and being, being very numbers focused yes. and, uh, and, and driving that. I know, I know some leaders talk about you know, brand and kind of performance and they, mm. you know, in the organization say, hey, you got to have a brand bucket that's very hard to track and it's very difficult. Yes. But then there is going to be a bucket that you're going to focus on performance and, and uh, driving sales and all that. And, and it's going to be very numbers focused. But what you just summarized there is, a, is, a, is an amazing way of looking at yes. it and, and going about um, communicating with the company. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to get the balance right. And, and if you're not on, on top of the numbers, your left and right brain is not working together. You're not on top of the numbers. You won't have the respect and resources to do the brand building stuff that you need to do. That's the big picture stuff that's somewhat harder to quantify than, hey, we ran a campaign and generated XYZ leads and X percent of them converted ultimately to close one opportunities. And the account-based marketing strategy is working because of A, B, and C. But we need the brand building to make uh, to generate the awareness to get the account-based marketing activity really uh, clicking in. <laughs> and you got to prioritize. That's right. You heard it here. Uh, yes. Mitchell, thank you very much. This has been great. a Shame. great conversation, just like I, uh, I anticipated. And just thank like you. always, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you uh, have you on some form of our uh, some some medium of ours, whether it's webinars or events or podcasts. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you. It's been a privilege to engage. Thank you for your fantastic question, Shaheen. Thank you. No, uh, absolute pleasure. Now, before actually we leave, if anybody has more questions, want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to uh, to go about it? They're welcome to go uh, to my um, small marketing blog, mitchellmackey.com.au, or they can simply send me an email. Go to my LinkedIn profile. My contact details are there. Flick an email and I will absolutely respond. Happy to engage. You always learn when you do that. Sounds great. Sounds great. Mitchell, thank you so much. Thank you, mate. Hey, it's Alex again from X-Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.